Ähm. Hey, Hallman Mission, this is a bit of a different venue. You often see me sat in my kitchen, and today I am sat somewhere else talking to an absolute banging geezer. And his name's Lee Drinkwater. I'm not going to introduce him. He's going to introduce himself because, frankly, I've been in awe of this guy all day. So, Lee, please introduce yourself and RV1. Cheers, Dan. Uh, I don't know about being in awe, but um, it's great to have you here. Um, so, we're currently sat uh, at Commando Training Centre, Royal Marines, as I'm currently serving in the Royal Marines. Um, but what we're talking about, hopefully, is RV1, which is a community interest company, a not-for-profit community interest company, set up in the southwest with its main purpose to rehabilitate the mind through functional fitness, creativity, and adventure. Um, it was done. It was set up because of um, some quite adverse and um, upsetting uh, surroundings to do with suicide. A couple of friends of 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 Tom Tom Merriman, the original founder, and myself, uh, unfortunately, took their own lives. And we um, we believe that if they got to that state and that uh, and that, you know end result and we were feeling how we were feeling at the time there must be other people feeling the same way yeah and we found since then that unfortunately there is an absolute requirement and the requirements growing yeah around the, the country for yeah. people to talk to be engaged with nature to get some exercise all the stuff that we know helps with your wellness and well-being. One of the key points I think which has been really interesting today for me is the the bonding and the social aspect. And I know like you do something every week more or less. And I wanted to explain how important that social and bonding aspect is. It's 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 crucial. It's critical. And particularly coming from an environment that I live in and work in at the moment where is and, and as you did when you were in, in, in the military, it's absolutely a social environment, a clan-based environment. It's, it's you know, um, and to go from any environment like that where you've got like-minded individuals that are pulling together in the same direction with a similar sense of humour, with similar interests, to be pulled out of that into nothing, yeah. if you're not engaged with those groups, it's hard to... It's hard to replicate. It's hard to rep hard to replicate that uh, that feeling. So what we're finding with RV One is just to have a location, and it, and it doesn't have to be um, you know a building. It can be anywhere. It can be on the side of a road. It can be on a beach. It can be on the side of a mountain. It can be on a hill. We will meet there and we will talk and we will have a group ethos where everyone in there, whether you are stressed anxious whether you're suffering with mental illness whether you are just feeling uh, like you want some exercise or you're just feeling like you would like to get out of the house yeah all of those people and different um different variations can get together and create almost a, a clan within a clan so they may not have the the, the same um ambitions or their same interests but there'll be some kind of common thread they all get 
something out of it that helps them um, increase their mental well-being. Um, and what we're finding is once we've established that first step, because the first step is always the hardest, right? Yeah. Getting people actually there, you know, particular people who are, who are suffering with their mental health, it's really a big step to get them people get people to meet up in the first place. Once we get people there, they then establish pretty quickly subgroups out of that clan. So people might be interested in reading and all of a sudden they've set their own little reading group up. Mm. Some people might be interested in CrossFit yeah. and they're going to do the little CrossFit. And all of a sudden there's little subgroups coming off and that group then then grows. Trouble. And all of a sudden you've got a spider diagram effect where yeah. you've got people you know, coming for a, a common goal but then that goal is sort of um, focused into their own interests, uh, which is really, really great. So just so clear, so um, as much as this is about helping our veterans integrate once they've left, RV1 actually, they're, they're, they're come one, come all. Right? You're, uh, it, it, you're, uh, you can be anybody and walk into RV1, right? Absolutely right, Dan. So, so like I said, it's, it's three... Um, serving military or former military people who have set up an organisation. Initially, the catalyst was be, was because a serving person at the time took his took his life. But quite quickly, in, and I mean in the, in the first couple of weeks, it was obvious that women, children in particular, and I'll come back to that point if I may, uh, were absolutely in need of uh, the, the exact same thing we we're trying to provide for the veterans. Um, so as we were going along, we were finding more and more. Oh, my, my wife's actually struggling with with a few bits as well. Could, could, could I bring my wife along? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We've got a sixteen-year-old who's really struggling with, you know, the social aspect of schooling or out of school clubs. He's really, wow. really struggling. All quite in his bedroom. You think we could bring him along? Absolutely. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And that, like for society, that change or accelerated everything where. It was far more obvious that the younger generation, in particular, were struggling. Yeah, were struggling with that uh, the social anxiety, yeah. the, the 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 stress, how, how to manage stress, how yeah. to talk yeah. about their feelings, because they had nowhere to go because we're in lockdown. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's open for all, all shapes, all sizes, all abilities, and will continue to be that way. Do you know what I like? earlier on about our conversation was when we spoke about certain generations getting uh, bad press and bad hype I loved the way you explained how different people have a different resilience yeah. do you want to just elaborate on that yeah and, and what I sort of caveat that with this this is thoughts according to Lee Water. this is just my opinion on it after after doing quite a bit of research and being involved in the leadership world, including resilience for a while. Academically, masters, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but, but my take on resilience, so what does resilience mean? Well, resilience just means your ability to cope with adversity and how to bounce back into into whatever uh, shape or form that that means uh, to, to carry on in life after, after overcoming some difficult or adverse conditions now the problem with that or the issue with that if you try and categorize everyone of having not enough resilience like the younger generation get branded not generations there they don't have the resilience 
uh, or, you, or, you, or you try and put a one-size-fits-all approach to resilience. The resilience or the adversity means something different to everyone else. An example of that is, a, I think we talked at lunch, a mum trying to get her son or daughter ready for school on time in the right kit, with the with the right lunch and everything, and all the stress that I've witnessed firsthand involved in that procedure. And I'm sure a lot of people who've got who've got children or they've been through the same. That anxiety and that stress is requiring a significant amount of resilience for the parent involved. Yeah. Come to the other end of the scale where we talk about the military and resilience of combat and yeah. how to and how to deal with adverse com- things that go wrong in combat, things that, you know, unfortunately people lose their life in combat. Yeah. And managing that resilience is absolutely on the same spectrum, but they're completely different ends of the spectrum. So, so, so my point is, to, to help with resilience, it has to be an ongoing process of how you iterate your, your, your life and work towards dealing with adversity, no matter what that is, small or large, going through the si- a similar process, what works for you, which is going to be individual, what works for you, learning that and keep practicing that to yeah. become more resilient. So when when you're doing your, your Saturday mornings, what's the main focus? The main focus is just being there so that so, so I explain to so the Saturday morning it's called sociable Saturday and we came up with that name because it's about the social aspect yeah however it's an unsociable hour some would argue it starts at zero six on Saturday on Saturday morning brilliant so sociable Saturday brackets unsociable hour but there's a, there's a reason for that um we we for the people that we were most concerned about for the people that really needed someone to speak to the time to get out of bed was the only point it was the only reason they got out of bed right okay now those people that wanted that wanted to speak to us in the most severe cases of mental health or mental illness they if they weren't weren't given the time to get out of bed they wouldn't get out of bed all day right so it doesn't matter yeah. if it's six o'clock, seven o'clock, or twelve Goodbye. o'clock in the afternoon. It doesn't matter. The, the earlier for bet for them because it's it's given them a focus, it's given them a direction, it's given them, it's given them the motivation to actually get out of bed. That's the first step. Get out of bed. Um, for everyone else, they come at different times. So we're there from six o'clock in the morning till around ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Wow! And within that time. We have a social gathering. That's how it starts. And that's probably, going back to your original question, that's probably the main emphasis. Yeah. It's all about that social gathering. Everyone just meets. We have a coffee. Everyone talks about, you know, what's going on in their lives. And that's the bit for me that's just great. Yeah. And then there'll be an exercise class um, in, in a gym that we're quite fortunate enough to have a relationship with down in Exmouth, CrossFit Exmouth. We'll put a gym a professional gym session on obviously we've got myself got Tom who's a qualified PTI yeah and we put and we've got the gym owners obviously who are quite um, skilled in, in that kind of work and we'll put a, a gym session on but it's for everyone you can do as much 
little as you, as you want to, and it's designed that way. Yeah. And each pe- each person will get something different out of that. So there'll be some kind of exercise. We'll then walk walk over to the beach because we're quite fortunate with the area, and we'll go to the beach. And again, for people that want to, we'll do some cold water immersion, uh, and we'll explain the benefits of what that brings. Yeah. Breath work, and we'll explain the benefits of of what that brings. Yeah. So there's a bit of a a bit of um you know a bit of knowledge in there a bit of learning but it's also just a group environment we're all in together we know it's a bit cold but um and then we'll just have another social aspect on the end where again we'll reconvene for coffees tea there'll be some there's a few croissants flying around yeah. there at that time <laughs> um but to answer your question i was like long-winded for me the social aspect both prior during and after is the, is the key so you talk about breath work. I, I know this is a big topic at the minute. So I, 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 being a man of faith and I, I pra, you know, prayers practice for me and meditation and breath work is massively important to me as well. What would you say to somebody that's coming into IV when they, when they have some resistance towards, well, what's breath work? What do you often say to that? Well, I, well, I, well, I start... Uh, first and foremost, we're saying, well, you're already doing it. The last time I, I sort of looked at you, you are breathing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, it's a good so, point. So well done with your breath work yeah. uh, or breathing, whichever way you want to call it, Yeah, because you've been doing it since you've been alive and you're quite skilled at it, by the way, because yeah, yeah. you're still here. <laughs> so that's, that, that, that's what I'd say. Because I get, I, I get your point. Yeah. Labelling something. I get it all sound. Yeah, labelling something. Oh, breath work's a bit... Yeah, yeah. So my first point is everyone does it and everyone has been doing it for years and years. It's just sometimes if you can just learn or just be aware how to control that breathing in different environments, that's all we're talking about. Just being able for you to be in control of your breathing, not the other way around. It will give you the benefits. It will create more oxygen into into your vital organs and, and, and your brain in particular. And it will give you that control that you're potentially missing in your yeah. life. And it's as simple as that. I don't go highly technical. Um, we've got we have got some people that come along to our sessions that are uh, experts in in breath work and they're fun, and they do workshops and and that's fantastic. Yeah. But we also um, keep it really really basic for the people that just want to learn how to control their breathing moments of stress anxiety or depression yeah i mean so if you was to take them elements throughout the entire sort of function of your social saturday in that are we are we constantly going through where that fits into their everyday life yeah exactly so we talk about i mean let's take the social aspect um, so we meet up on the, on the social aspect and, and I can guarantee for most of the people that's there, it's the only social aspect they'll have that week. Wow. For people, I don't know, that's probably the wrong way of putting it. They'll probably have loads of, loads of different aspects, but to have a place where they feel safe enough to talk about whatever they want to talk about yeah. and to have people, a non-judgmental space where everybody... I'll have their own little issues, and everyone's encouraged, and everyone will talk as little or as much as they want. Yeah, it'll probably be the only time they get a, the chance to do that in their week. Yeah, and then the exercise, we talk about how they feel 
obviously we have a bit of fun during the exercise. We like to make it fun because yeah, yeah. I think that's a, an important aspect to everything. If we, if we can make it all, because when I talk about the social aspect, we don't just sit there with a coffee and go, right, who wants to talk first? <laughs> you know, there'll be some laughs and we're yeah. joking. There'll be some, sometimes there's, there's some, there's some dark, uh, some dark humour in there and there's some, and there's some dark um, themes. Yeah, and sometimes it's just it's just jovial, and that's fine. And then we we, we go to the sort of uh, the physical element, and when you actually speak to them, particularly afterwards, and say, "How are you feeling?" You know that real feel. How are you feeling? I feel great. Yeah. Uh, why did Why do you think you feel that way? Do you know, I mean, we can go all scientific and talk about it. No, but I like but, that. But when we start saying, "Do you think it could have anything to do with the the, the exercise?" Just raising your heart rate up a little bit, or the might be the caffeine you've had this morning. Yeah. I don't know. But, <laughs> Bit of both. Yeah, but why that feeling you've got now? Think about that feeling. Think of, think about the journey you've, you've done, the, the 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 recent journey to get to that feeling point, and you can replicate that. You can continue like to do that, and you can continue to feel that feeling. That feeling will be more, you know, become more um, continuous throughout your life. It's not to say that you're not going to have feelings of you know I won't say depression but fe- feeling down and that's fine yeah. by the way yeah, yeah, that's yeah. absolutely fine but you also you know hopefully know why you're feeling that way you know it's not going to be there forever and you know a structure of the things that work for you how, yeah. to, how to sort of progress out of that feeling to a feeling what you're feeling now yeah yeah well they say cycles so I drove here with a lady from the RBL, so the Royal British Legion, uh, Claire Pepiat. She's a very good friend of mine. I've brought her up because Lee invited us. I'm very, very grateful. We'll be blown away all day. So we were speaking about, so the whole man mission has got a scorecard. And the reason why I love scorecards is not because I'm a geek, which I, but I am, is because it gives us feedback and it gives us that opportunity to listen and educate around the subjects that the the majority are getting blind spots in. And the reason why I wanted Lee to talk more about the social aspect is because when we've done the whole my mission scorecard is most of the blind spots are around not being happy with the amount of contact time they're having with friends and family. Also unresolved conflict with friends and family. Now, that is a really heavy subject to talk about. Uh, I'm sure that might come up at the RV1 as well. Absolutely. And and we're really fortunate within the RV1 community that we've managed to have experts in the field. Uh, we, we, have, we, have, we had an expert, uh, GP, Richard Gorad, who, who's based in Norfolk, but travelled all the way over to the southwest to give his take on well-being, his take on... Um, his take on anxiety, stress, management of all those of all those feelings, and we have psychologists in the group. We have, like I said, GPs. We have physiotherapists if it's a physical um, ailment that may be, yeah, yeah. that may be affecting the mental health yeah. as well, which happens a lot. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I've just been in what's it called, the Hunter Hall, Hunter Hall, which is what the Royal Marines where they do the rehabilitation and. I mean that 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 in itself's come on leaps and bounds. So, yeah, so Hunter Hall's the main gym, and then we've got Parker Hall, which is the the, the Victoria Cross winner, which is the um, the rehabilitation suite, if you yeah. like, um, which is a fantastic facility. I think. Yeah, I think I think you agree. Definitely. But 
that, yeah, I mean, the link between physical health and mental health is talked about a lot these days, uh, quite rightly, but it still staggers me, um, if I'm being totally honest, it still staggers me that we have to almost prove the concept when someone goes, oh, but how do you know that, how do you know that um, going for a walk outside in the, um, in, 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 the in, in the wind or the rain um, makes you feel better about yourself? I know. I, I mean, I quantify it. There is data out there and there is research out there, but it, it does annoy me that we're continuously having to prove that, that everyone knows. And it, I was really glad last year when there was a paper, which was a systematic review of all papers, and it came out, I think it was published by the British Journal of Medicine, or British Medicine Journal, about the fact that now they've come to the conclusion that physical activity must be recommended before uh, before intervention of uh, tablets or whatever. Yeah. Now that's not all cases, but this is this is this is the evidence that's coming out. And I think obviously men of the service and certainly um, ex PT, there's been this saying as as long as the PT branch has been around is healthy body, healthy mind. Now, and this is going back to what Lee was saying earlier about when he was making the example of the guy or old lady that is feeling better while they're doing their exercise and then trying to relate that, the fact that they can do that consistently themselves and that could be one of their self-management tools. And then going back to what we're saying about the whole man mission and the scorecard is that everyone's well-being is different. Correct. So different people are going to have different management tools. So some people at RV1 might get more out of the sitting and chatting and having a coffee, right? 100%. And some people just do that, by the way. Right, okay. That's... Some, some, some people, uh, or they'll vary. They'll come some weeks and they'll say, do you know what? I don't want to do the exercise this week. I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that. Hey, fine. Yeah. You're here and, you're, and, and great to see you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's, all, and there's always a, a, a good person, a safe space to go and speak to if required, but we're just here anyway. That's fine. And there's some people that absolutely come for the exercise, an exercise only. And they'll, yeah. do you want a coffee or not? Straight into the field, they'll do the thing and leave. <laughs> and again, that's fine. Fine, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, look, Lee, this has been an amazing experience and you are the first person that we have interviewed outside of my kitchen. So... <laughs> Thank you, Lee. So I didn't get an invite to the kitchen. No, sorry. Well, you will do when you come to Pompeii. Right. Yeah, no, thank you. But if you want to get reach out to Lee, drink water, I'm going to give him uh, some, I'll put his website and the guy's website in the show notes. But uh, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Cheers, guys. Thanks, mate.